Good morning. It's Tuesday, December the 1st, 2020, just after 8 a.m. Pacific time. Hearings just getting started in Michigan. Pretty big news, a lot of evidence coming out of the hearings yesterday in Arizona. I think I did a fairly decent job giving you the good and bad, meaning not how we react to the evidence, but what what I think and what experts think can ultimately be proven and can drive a result. And that's going to be the same thing I'm going to do when I get into the Michigan hearings today and, and try to watch as much as I can live and then rely on some sources for updates. They've done a pretty good job. I mean, you're talking about it's probably going to be another 10 hours and it's going to be Rudy Giuliani. They tried to block him. So that's that was late last night. One of the oversight um, committee members, probably a Democrat in the state legislation, state legislature in Michigan, essentially said it was only for Michigan's uh, citizens, Michigan, uh, you know, voters to speak. So they're they're setting this up. I think there's actually going to be like a cross examination and they didn't want any non Michigan voters in there. Well, Rudy's a little bit different. He's an, an attorney and I'm pretty sure all of the individuals testifying today, sharing the evidence are going to sign off and have Rudy as their counsel. And that's something you can't tell people they cannot have. It's like, Oh, you can come, but you can't have a lawyer present and they can't say anything. Uh, uh-uh. Rudy can practice. He has all the um, licensing he needs, the approvals, and it's not a court of law, actually. So you just can't say, you, you know, no attorney. So they got past it. The GOP chair overruled that this morning, and, and I haven't looked because they just kicked off, but um, it's my understanding that Rudy is there. God love him. I mean, think about it. He must have been on a plane last night, touchdown in Detroit, and now they're going to be focusing on the TCF Center poll station. That's really going to be the crux of today. I mean, I'm assuming the same info warfare expert is going to testify and talk specifically about Michigan Dominion systems, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to get into really what has to happen specifically. So what I've done is looked at all the legal avenues, all the strategic uh, military law enforcement avenues, and read up on the constitutional Supreme Court avenues. And I've whittled it down to what needs to happen for us to have an actual win for Donald Trump. We'll talk after that. We'll get into um, more Dominion news out of Georgia. Uh, and, and, you know, really, we've got to examine how we want to be different and better. When I say different, I'm not using words like reimagine, like they throw at us for law enforcement or for economies. We know what that means. It means they want it to suck more, right? They want socialism and they don't want cops. We're not, I'm not talking about reimagining conservatism. We're talking about nationalist populism, right? What Donald Trump represents and what the popular leaders around the world now are representing. And of course, part of that is conservatism. Part of it is capitalism. Really, it's America first for us. And God willing, it's France first for France and Great Britain first for Great Britain, so on and so forth. That is okay. It doesn't mean we're not allies and helping each other. What it means is we're taking care of our own first and not in a a destructive way. So moving on to what needs to happen. I touched on what my favorite analogy is for this last night, and it's a boxing match. And I, I, I think you 
only have to know a little bit about boxing to know what a decision is. And that's what we're hoping for here, right? We're going to go through this fight till the end. We're going to make it to the end, even if we get knocked down a few times. But we need the judges to award us the championship by the end of the fight, after the 10th round. There's no 11th round. There's no 12th round. The 10th round ends. The bell rings on December 14th. That's how we have to look at this, and that is two weeks away. So why are we the challenger? Donald Trump's president, right? Uh Uh-uh. Biden won the belt, as it is right now. If nothing changes, he has the electoral votes to be inaugurated on January 20th, 2021. There's no getting around that. We have to accept that, that we have to move on from that and understand that he is the reigning champ. We're fighting him now. And I'd say we're in the eighth round and we're about even. We need to win by a knockout or a decision. And I don't see a knockout. There's really only one scenario and I'll show you. What I mean in a decision is we don't get to win on points just by landing more punches than he does. In boxing, traditionally, it's hard to win a decision if you're the challenger. It's hard to have judges award you the belt, take it away from somebody in a decision, right? If you didn't knock the person out, get that count for 10 and the fight's over or the ref stops it and you win, you're taking a risk going the full 10, 15 rounds. And so in this 10-round fight, for us to win the decision, right, to have the judges say, whether it's a state legislature, whether it's the Supreme Court, for them to say, hey, you win, be it constitutional issues, be it turning over ballots. We need that decision. Landing punches isn't enough. We have to knock them down a few times. And when you're a judge scoring a fight, a knockdown takes more points away from the opponent because it's a point system, right? If you've ever seen a boxing match and a decision at the end where where the announcer reads off the judge's scores, they're all based on a potential 10 point max per round. And typically you win the round by winning 10 to 9. 10 to 9. You knock them down once it's 10-8, right? And the only time you see less than 10 is typically if it's like 9-8 or 9-7. You're brutalizing the guy, but you might have been penalized by the ref. He'll take a point away. But to keep it simple, we can't win with a few 10-9 round victories. We've got to be at a greater distance in the scores. It's got to be a larger margin. When those judges look at it, it has to be undisputed for them to take the belt from Biden and give it to us. These Moral victories where everyone's cheering and we're talking about how they stole it and we're convinced, and we should be. They did. The evidence is strong. We don't get a knockdown unless we score in a big way. Well, what does that look like, right? Before we talk about knockdowns, meaning putting them on the canvas and they get back up, but man, we gain big points and we can count on winning the decision. A knockout would be great, right? Something so big or things so big right? It's a haymaker. It puts them to the canvas and they can't get up, right? It's, it's obvious. It's done. And that really comes from something like a DOJ, right? Department of Justice intervention with damning and clear evidence, evidence that is undisputed. And I only see one angle and it's still a bit tin, tinfoil hat, not too much. Crazier things have happened, but I've talked a little bit about these servers in Frankfurt, right? So it seems pretty clear that the Dominion system with Smartmatic running live on election night was sending information through servers, right? The servers supporting these computers that were located in Frankfurt, Germany at a building owned by a company called Skydal, which apparently is bankrupt. They're on their way out anyway. And there have been rumors that have been a bit more substantiated over the last couple weeks that, 
around election night, we raided, meaning the U.S. military raided that uh, location and took those servers. If Trump has those, and if, in fact, the data is still on there, and it shows clearly that they use Dominion to change votes, add votes, and cheat, that constitutes foreign interference. That allows him to operate on the executive order he signed two years ago. That allows for serious intervention through, I believe, the Department of Homeland Security if there's foreign interference in an election. And that's something Rudy was trying to prove with the information warfare officer yesterday in Arizona. It's not enough, I believe, for Trump to enact that executive order from September 2018. And it's a big one, but he's got to do it with some clear support. Now we know, if we think about that raid in Frankfurt, here's some things that support it. One, there's some ex-generals that say it happened. Some are saying there were U.S. casualties. I'm not sure how that works out. Maybe there's significant security at this location and they don't know who's coming. And this is clearly a special ops engagement, something that would be off the books. And Trump fired Esper, right? It's Mark Esper, the, the acting secretary of defense a few weeks ago. And the guy that's the, the new interim is this special ops superstar, big Trump supporter. And he has the power as a special ops commander to green light operations like this and not tell anybody. I mean, these are things that don't have to be congressional knowledge. I think you can keep a limited amount of staff uh, aware of this. It's hard to cover these leaks, but it's possible. So that's the knockout. Something big like that, where it's in the hands of federal law enforcement, of the big dogs. We're talking, you know, Attorney General Barr is handling this and they come out with it, with everything planned and they show it and they say, hey, based on this, we can take over. And that would be enough for just about every state state that had dominion to have to look seriously at the confidence of sending electors for Joe Biden. Okay, that's the knockout. That would be almost an instant win. I don't think it's likely. Let's be real. I'm hopeful. It's possible. And we've got two weeks. But what are the knockdowns, right? What constitutes a big victory, a big battle win, not the war, but so big, we put them on the canvas for eight seconds, they get up, they're dazed, and the judges literally are looking at this evidence, looking at what we've proven to a point that they are going to be comfortable saying, okay, this election is a fraud. It's not reliable as it was performed, as it was executed. We have to use the Constitution to allow for a more reliable decision, which would then be in Trump's favorite would clearly give him the win if some kind of, you know, if there were three states that didn't send electors or somebody switched, right? And so let's talk about a knockdown, Wisconsin. I think that's the ultimate landing of a haymaker. Yeah, they get up from it, meaning we have this case right now. One of them's for 150,000 ballots that were challenged in their audit. Part of those, I believe, I mean, we know there's another lawsuit going um, it's total 268,000 last I saw that they're going to challenge 150,000. I believe um, the majority of those are very clearly illegal votes, right? 60,000 in Milwaukee um, and um, the remaining 40,000 in Dane County. Milwaukee and Dane counties have these absentee ballots without requests, right? We prove it. Those get thrown out. They're majority by significant uh, number. Biden, Trump wins Wisconsin. That changes everything, right? And that case goes to court tomorrow, Wednesday, December 2nd. So there's a knockdown, right? It won't be over, but man, that is a big win. And that's going to send a shockwave across all these other battleground states that are 
of legal cases than where there's investigations going on. Michigan now claiming, the, the, the legal representation for Trump in Michigan now claiming 290,000 fraudulent votes via Dominion. How the hell do they prove that? We'll see some of that today. We'll see some convincing data that it occurred, right? I'm sure we will because of what we saw in Arizona. Again, there's something I still don't understand, and I've talked to people about this, and I'm concerned as to why I can't see a clear answer. And this applies to all of these Dominion challenges. If you had a recount of paper ballots in your state, which, for instance, Georgia did, Arizona did, this is actual paper. They're looking at it. And of course, we know there was just thousands of fraudulent ballots created. Put that aside for a second. If you had manufactured artificial computer votes for Dominion, wouldn't that show an extreme discrepancy to the actual paper you have? Right? So you do this paper ballot count, not looking for anything fraudulent about the ballots, but looking at what you counted on election night. And you come up with only a difference of 49, like they did in Wisconsin. Right? 49 more for Biden, which is essentially the same they had before. If there was some multi, you know, 10,000, 15,000, 50, 35,000, like they said in Arizona, of artificial votes added or votes switched from Biden to Trump, that would mismatch the paper significantly. As I understand it, I don't believe Dominion create, there's any way to create paper with those tabulation machines and the Smartmatic software. Somebody's got to prove or show why the final results that were manipulated allegedly by Dominion, by the algorithm or manually uploaded through a USB drive, they've got to show why the paper, how that backed up, right? Did they inject some point ballots? I want to see that today, right? I think that's, I hope, I hope someone in the cross-examination asks, because I bet it's the same guy traveling with Rudy, the information warfare officer, garbage, I can't, I should know his name. I think I knew it last night. You know who I'm talking about. Someone's going to ask him like, okay, how come the recounts aren't showing this huge mismatch if this algorithm is adding votes, right? They're talking about these partial fractional ads that eventually just help Biden win over a slow amount of time. And that's how they hide the fraud. The recounts would show a huge discrepancy as I understand it. So again, if they prove that and that many votes are thrown out, that's a huge knockdown, right? That would give Michigan to Trump, right? And so Again, another one, we talked about it last night, actual, you know, here's a knockdown anywhere where actual data from the server with ballots to match and show that the Dominion data was manipulated in some way. And, and the math has to be lined up for them to pull that off. And then the ballots, if you can prove it, that they did that. And for instance, the 35,000 automatic votes added in Pima County for all Democrats on their ballots, right? That's 35,000 net votes for Democrats, according to that accusation and according to what they said they, f they believe they can see in the numbers. Okay, you can prove that. That's a, that's a big one, big knockdown. The election's not over, but Arizona goes to Trump. Right, of course, if the last three things, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona go, then that's it. But okay, one at a time is enough, right? This morning or late last night, an Arizona judge did accept a petition allowing for a limited number of mail-in ballot envelopes, including their signatures and a selection of these duplicate ballots to be observed and audited. And this comes from VIP, Voter Integrity Project, um, Matt Brainerd. His testimony yesterday was compelling. Even the data naysayers and um, devil's advocates 
who were just really screaming about the testimony, they're all Democrats, even they were pretty stunned and they got real quiet. Some actually tipped their hat to Brainerd after what he presented yesterday. He's a data guy. His numbers were actual fraud, right? They did the investigation. They, they called the information. They pulled it and filtered it, and he presented it yesterday. I believe that is what got the judge to say, okay, we need to look at ballots. This is These are actual people interviewed on the record under oath in a sworn affidavit saying they didn't vote, they didn't request an absentee ballot, and Brainerd caught that information in multiple states. And it seems like Arizona's where he did really well when they started digging into that through his call centers. So this judge gave him the green light. So unless something gets overruled in a major way, which is going to be tough, uh, they're going to get to look at a lot of these mail-in ballot signatures. And what we're hoping for is they find a large enough sample from, it's limited, right? So they're going to do this in like a 24-hour period. Maybe they look at a few thousand. If a high percentage of these mail-in ballots are challenged and shown to be fraudulent, it's a game changer in Arizona. Right, that's more doubt, more than the hearing alone cast on their election, and that's what they got to keep doing, because that state legislature is going to meet and going to try to pass a resolution to take control of the certification to essentially stop it and send faithless electors at a minimum, meaning sending zero. That's the Republican goal after the evidence they saw yesterday in the hearing. Another knockdown, right? Again, not an automatic win, like I just said, would be a state legislature passing a resolution and not certifying and saying clearly, hey, we're not certifying next week. If that were to happen in the next few days in Pennsylvania, if, if um, Mastriano can pull it off, because today they're going to put it to the floor. If, and what's great about this, if they're putting people on the record, whether you abstain as a Republican or you vote against it, Pennsylvanians won't forget. The problem, I talked about it last night, is they're out of session. It's their last day for the year. And they're, the weenie GOP House guy uh, the leader of their assembly in Pennsylvania by name of um, Brian Cutler, right? Everybody's starting to know him now. I was the first one. I saw that late Sunday. I said, this guy's not, he said, I'm not extending the session. We can't do it constitutional, constitutionally, which is total crap. There's absolute mechanisms for him to extend or call a new session. That's the pressure they're putting on them. So again, Pennsylvania, they let's say they extend their session. They're going to need like five more days based on their constitution to fully pass this resolution, they're going to need to get enough votes. They got a lot of support, but people, the Republicans have to show up in mass and support this massive move to say, hey, we're taking back our power, the power we gave to the state legislature in 1938. Per our constitution, we, we control the election. It is our decision. And then they're going to say, hey, we're not, you know, we have the power. And eventually we're hoping by December 14th, they say, hey, we're not sending electors or if we get enough of these knockdowns, they say, actually, in Pennsylvania, the evidence is so clear that Trump won. There was so much fraud. We're sending our electors for Donald Trump. Either way, it's a big win. Obviously, it's bigger if you take them away from Biden and you put them in Trump's column. Uh, finally, the other you know knockdown to the canvas is something from the Supreme Court. And I'm becoming less, sadly, less faithful that they will accept any major case that is appealed to them. The first one we're going to see this week is coming from that lawsuit that I had some good confidence in. I still have total faith that they're correct. Coming from Representative Mark Kelly and um, uh, candidate Sean Parnell, who clearly, I think, defeated uh, Connor Lamb in his uh, bid for the congressional seat that Lamb won a couple years ago. 
So these two have this lawsuit. I'll remind everybody, this is uh, looking at the total universal mail-in ballot system that was illegally uh, installed last year through something called Article 77. It is not constitutional, and a judge already backed that. Now, their extreme left majority Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned that decision, but not because they were able to show that Article 77 was in line with the Pennsylvania Constitution. They pulled out this very rarely used laches clause that says essentially you took too long. And of course, the argument there, which is a strong one, is, well, we didn't have damages last year when Article 77 passed. We weren't hurt by it. There would have been no reason to bring this to you, and you would have told us, why are you bringing it? Why are you suing to shut this down? What is your case? What are your damages? So it was really kind of a desperate toss. I thought initially that made the Supreme Court more likely to take it. Really the problem here, if you look at what some of these legal experts are saying, is the Supreme Court, when they take a case, they've got to consider what their remedy is, right? What are they going to do if they rule in uh, in favor of the plaintiff, the plaintiff being Parnell and Kelly suing, right? The Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, the governor, and the state legislature, actually, uh, that their law, they're putting them on, they're on the defense, right? They're the defendants because they have an unconstitutional law. And the remedy would be to invalidate all of the mail-in ballots, right? It's like 2.9 million in Pennsylvania, a crazy amount if you count absentee and the universal mail-in. So what I think is a part of that, a large part, are these universal mail-in ballots that were sort of built on the back of the absentee ballot law. It's in total violation through Article 77. It's clear. And the ruling in their favor, in, in um, the plaintiff's favor from Judge McCullough, laid it out. She said, this is a meritorious case. If you look at the Constitution, you, you're toast if, if you don't rule in favor of the plaintiff. The problem is the remedy is extremely severe. If you say, yes, your case is solid by five to four or more in the Supreme Court, then the clear judgment is those unconstitutional votes don't count. That would be every mail-in vote in Pennsylvania. The weight and impact of that remedy would be severe to say the least. And the Supreme Court does consider that before they take a case. We know our opinion. We know that this is historical and those are illegal ballots and we know how they ran it. We know they ballot harvested. Unfortunately, the case would be looking at actual votes, illegal votes. Yes, but the disenfranchisement argument, the racist argument, the arguments that scare Chief Justice Roberts, unfortunately, are heavy on this one. And my gut right now is that they don't take the case. I'm not saying that's for sure. It would be incredible because that would happen this week. And that would really shift the narrative that Trump's team, it's not even Trump's team, but a Republican team with a tremendous case is going to be arguing in front of the Supreme Court. Fingers crossed, prayers up, let's hope it gets there. That is my final option on knockdowns. That would be huge, right? Pennsylvania gets to the Supreme Court and they remedy by saying this time because of Article 77's illegality, because it's unconstitutional, the mail-in votes don't count. They, they, were, they were built on a, on a weak foundation, no foundation. There's no basis legally for them to be counted. If they do that, buckle your seatbelts because that is going to be a rock. And, and, and again, it's not a knockout. That's just Pennsylvania, right? Biden's still ahead. So each of those in of, of themselves I've, I've listed as knockdowns um, are great and they'll change the game. They got to come soon. They got to come this week or early next week. 
because they'll create momentum we haven't seen for our side and it will really truly be a game changer. Um, again, you know, individually they won't be enough, but I do see them really, really changing things for our favor. Um, moving on to Dominion, more specifically what's just happening and updating you. Um, I was really, uh, really sort of defeated last night when I read that um, Sidney Powell and others have confirmed that the Fulton County server, so the local server in Fulton County that runs the Dominion systems that they used on election night, one of the many, I'm not sure how, what they were running through Frankfurt at the time, that server was taken by a Dominion tech who actually had the balls to walk into the Fulton County voting location and perform a bunch of updates. Now, of course, there were tons of legal actions going Sunday night back and forth. Finally, Lynn Wood won, got the final judgment from the judge, the third one, blocking them, stopping them from going anywhere near these systems. It was a pretty heavy judgment, like it's total cease and desist. My understanding is in all that legal back and forth, uh, when they had the first judgment overturned, this tech went to perform the update. Maybe he already did Saturday, but when they performed the update, they wiped those systems clean. And and now, if the server was there, then the systems don't matter. But this guy took the server as it's being reported. So they are clearly on the run. They're doing stuff like this. They're trying this. And they know if enough of it's caught, they got real issues. And really, as a company, Dominion's probably done already. But if you get a few of these systems and prove it was easy to um, access over internet or easy to change votes and they're just ripe for fraud, they're never selling any of these systems with the Smartmatic ever again. It's over. And so there's this real domestic cloak and dagger going on right now. You've got the slow moving courts, right? You got justice, you know, because it, it, to protect the innocent, Things don't happen right away. It's just the way it's set up, and overall, it's the right thing. But it's extremely frustrating to watch these companies and the Democrats run and hide and cover and delay taking advantage of our legal system. And this is one, I think, small win they pulled off if they were able to get that server and if it's actually gone. Um, I'm sure it is. There's just absolutely no way unless somebody, one of these days, from Dominion steps up and, as a good citizen, comes forward with some really good information. Now, It'll happen when the criminal actions fly, but that's not going to be in time to affect the election. And that's frankly all we care about right now. They're definitely hiding something, some good news. I don't want to end on the bad. Nevada just had a judge rule and um, uh, award the right for Trump's legal team in Nevada to access. Not only is he freezing any updates or changes, but this judge is allowing his judgments, allowing Trump's team to access and forensically investigate the Dominion's uh, systems in Nevada. There have been reports that Nevada, Clark County specifically, it's the Clark County Dominion systems, and there have been a lot of reports that there was crazy shenanigans going on in Clark County. Again, tons of delays in reporting, right? As the evening went on, Texas, Iowa, Nebraska, you name it, Ohio, Florida, they're all done. Nevada gets going. And they're extending the polls because of long lines. They're, you know, waiting to count. We don't hear results for days. So it's another indication like Arizona, like Michigan, like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. The count just kept going. And what's going on? Well, if it was involving Dominion in any way, they're going to find out. That's great news. We've got to start showing something. We've got to land these knockdowns. No more jabs, 
right? No more exciting opening statements, or at least relying on them from Rudy Giuliani. No more cool tweets from blue checks who I'm, I'm sorry, many of them are just trying to grow their social media influence and they're taking advantage of the MAGA nation and the enthusiasm to win this back for Donald Trump. And so people are going anywhere, not only for information, not only for news, but things that will affirm what they hope will happen. We all want that. We all know what we want here. We want the ultimate decision. We want the belt. We want the championship. And I believe, unfortunately, there are, when I say blue check, right, these big verified Twitter social media types who we agree with, they're taking advantage of the hunger and the desire to see positive news. And they're stringing a lot of these things on. I, I just, my first prediction is that the Skydal servers in Frankfurt are one of those narratives that these guys keep alive. And I'm frankly sick and tired of the air quotes, just wait theme, right? It's coming. Just wait. Hang in there. Meaning keep logging in. Keep coming to my site. Keep listening to my YouTube show. Keep following me on Twitter and keep buying from my sponsors because this carrot dangling, this um, moving of the ball a little bit, you're almost there. We're so close. Trump's playing 4D chess. Wait till he gets this and this, this done. It's coming from people that all sell supplements, that are all selling gold. We have to be real about this. It's a business for them to keep you subscribing, keep you hitting the like button, and keep you following. The more they build, the more money they're going to make, right? Followers equal cash. So keep that in mind when some of these guys are going through and they're not changing anything as we lose a few times. They're not changing their perspective. They're not really questioning themselves at all or asking what is likely in a legal sense. What is reality? They don't want to do that because they want to keep you excited till the bitter end. And they won't stop if, God forbid, Trump loses in a couple weeks and we don't get what we need and, and, and the door is closed. They're going to figure out a way to keep you coming back for an outcome that becomes less and less likely. And, and that's something I want you to be weary of because I'm not going to do it. I'm still very positive on something good happening. And I think Trump can still pull this off. But you know, if you listened to my show last night, what I'm watching for I'm, and what I talked about today, I'm watching for big punches landing. I'm watching for them going to their knees if just for a few moments because that is going to be seen by everybody. And we need that energy to grow. We can't level off. And I feel like if the next two or three days are just like more legal back and forth, we don't get to the Supreme Court, we don't get a resolution in one of these state legislatures, we're just jabbing back and forth. And we're getting too close to that final bell in the 10th round when the judges are going to keep the belt. Because all Biden has to do is draw. If the judges don't see enough and they see an even fight, then it's a draw. And in a draw, the champion keeps his belt. We don't want to draw, obviously, and they don't either. They want to win. They want to show us that we're full of it. They want to you know, somehow have this fall apart. They're not, I don't think, going to be able to do that, but a draw is good for them. It's ugly. It's not the way you want to hold your belt, but they walk home with the presidency no matter what if they get a draw. And we can't have that. So we got to win decisively this week. We got to start stacking up the W's, real wins, not in hearings and hotels, in legal bodies, whether it's in courts or it's in these state legislatures, that's it. And in the background, if there's something criminal that's coming, that'd be great. Don't don't get too wrapped up in that. Okay, we know they're hiding something, but 
even law enforcement, especially federal, they move slow. So for them to do something radical and hand something to Trump, again, we're dealing with high-level law enforcement people that aren't big fans of him and have undermined him. Let's see where we go with there, but keep that top of mind. And I will um, probably do a show today because um, you know I'm doing this morning one to give you some updates. There will be the Michigan hearing. I'll do my best to get everything I can that really matters, uh, the really good stuff from the Michigan hearing, and we can start talking about what's similar, right? What we're showing is systematic from Pennsylvania, Arizona, and today Michigan as we build into Nevada. And it kind of just dawned on me, what's great about this judgment in Nevada is we have somebody that's probably in there right now, today for sure, getting a hold of these Dominion systems and going to grab some evidence, hopefully, for the hearing on December 3rd in Nevada. So it's a big week for sharing all this information with the country and putting um, putting the case out there. We got to get some wins from it. And remember, we are um, we know we're right. And, and we're all listening to each other and getting each other fired up and, and driving each other a, a bit miserable, really, with how bad this fraud was, right? Every day we share information, we read things, we're reading really compelling evidence. Some of it's not as compelling as others, but when you put it together, you look at the stats, you look at the testimony, you, you look at the data, it's, it's impossible to argue that this was a fair election, even a little bit. It was a disaster. And so why I'm going here is we are, we are not questioning the other side. We're just going to start arguing again. And they're never going to listen to us. The way we win over time, even if Trump gets this, is we have to make them, the left, or make the moderates start questioning their own actions, their decision, and questioning themselves. Because um, when they start questioning themselves... They're going to see conservatism, capitalism, nationalist populism different, meaning better. They're going to understand us. They're like, I get it now. I get why liking Trump is not relevant, that Trumpism is about his policies, is about America first, and why that's good for everybody, meaning not just our country. We can't tell them that and expect them to change. They hate us too much. They hate us way more than we could ever possibly hate them. And so we have to leave seeds of doubt. We need to ask them questions that not only make them question themselves, but then they question those who have been and continue to try to brainwash them, right, to keep them on the hook. That's the media. That's your local Democrat who's failed you in Chicago, in Detroit, in Los Angeles for 50-something years across the country in blue states. We have to have them go from questioning themselves to questioning those who control them. That's how we win over time, and that's how we build this to be something that when the elections are fair, and when I think it's worthwhile to vote again, hopefully by January 5th for Georgians, then we can really take this back. Because even if Trump wins, we're in damaged territory, and we've got to continue to build our tent, because they're not done cheating. They've already been caught. You think they're going to stop now? No. It's going to be worse in the election in the Atlanta runoff or the Georgia runoff. So hopefully some of that gets reined in. They are investigating ballot harvesting as of a couple days ago. That's good news. Let's see what they find and what they actually do that helps us endorse voting on January 5th. Because I'm not doing that yet. Because I'm not done with the Trump fight and neither should you. But let's keep it real. Let's look for real, real um, wins this week. Today, 
yesterday. Let's see where all this stuff goes. It's going to have to be something like Wisconsin, right? Those knockdowns I talked about. So keep the faith. Again, uh, it's, you know, barely 9 a.m., not even quite 9 a.m. Pacific time. It's going to be a long day, a lot of testimony. Keep your prayers up for Rudy. He's got to be exhausted, but he believes in what he's doing, and he's doing it for you. He's doing it for me, and he's doing it for the country. Same with Sidney Powell. Same with Lynn Wood. They're, they're definitely fired up, and sometimes they get carried away with what they say, but that's what passion and drive does, and they need the energy. How else are they surviving doing this? Because this has been 24-7 since November 4th, right? We're going on a month. These people didn't have a Thanksgiving. So respect that and support them if you can. They all need money. They're putting it to the right cause, and I will definitely talk to you tonight after watching the Michigan hearing and watching how things develop throughout the day. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and we'll talk to you later.